and just give a warm welcome for Pastor Michael Iacobelli this morning. He's going to be delivering uh, the message for us. Thank you. How's everybody doing today? That's good. Happy Father's Day. I know it's been said lots of times, but happy Father's Day to everybody online. And happy Father's Day to everybody here. Even if you're not a father, you may be a spiritual father or you may be an uncle who was like a father. So just happy Father's Day to all around. Amen. It's something to be excited about. It's something that, to know that there's purpose in being a father. It's just not to look good and say you're a father, but it's also to be a dad and to be responsible in what we do. Amen? Mm. So let's get right into the word. The title today is called The Heart of the Father. Now, before all the women and all those who aren't fathers just shut down because it's the heart of the father, this, yeah, I know, right? Like, think about how men are on Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> kidding, we listen, we care. Um, the heart of the Father. It's really about Father God. And it's not just the heart of the Father, Father God, it's also the heart of Jesus. It's also of the Holy Spirit. Because if we want to see the Father, we just look to Jesus, the heart of Jesus, that God came here in human form and we, can, we see now Jesus, the heart of Jesus, we can see it. He was a tangible God here on earth, and his name is Jesus, and he is our Lord and Savior. So if you want to see the heart of the Father, we just have to look at Jesus. And for us Christians, we know what Jesus has done. In fact, last week, the, the Bible verse that I used, we used was John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life that we will what not perish that the heart of the father is that we will not perish that we will have eternal life the heart of the father is that he came here for us to be with us to spend time with us so that we grow and mature and become more and more like him like the heart of the father so we're going to go right into Psalms 139 if you're taking notes because David understood this when he was writing this, that the heart of the Father is with us continually. And this is what David writes in Psalms 139, 1 through 6. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. Isn't that crazy? He goes before us and he follows us. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Come on, somebody. He's saying this to you right now. And it's hard because sometimes we don't feel this way. But David is going through something, but he's understanding something. That God, no matter what I do, no matter what I think, no matter where I go, you are there. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I mean, this is intimate stuff here. This is like, like leaving, going to the bathroom and leaving your door open. Seriously. Like God knows everything. He sees it. You cannot hide from him. I mean, to think we could actually hide, we can't do it. And this is because God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. 
He knows all, he sees all. But this is the heart of God, that he can see and know all. To what? To be with us, to spend time with us, to continually hold our hand, to continually follow us and also go before us. This is the heart of God. Now, now I think I'm a good father. I think I'm a great father. Now, my, now my kids aren't here today to, to argue with that. In fact, <laughs> my wife, in fact, went to go pick up our one son from BC in Hamilton at two in the morning today. She just texted me, they just woke up. I'm like, thanks, happy Father's Day to me. Um, no, I did not say that. I gave them all a kiss, said I'll see you later. Make sure my gift is really nice. Um, <laughs> so anyways, yeah, they came home at 5.30 in the morning and uh, right when I got out of bed, they actually went to bed. So, so they just probably woke up, they said they're watching online, they send their love. Um, I really want you to meet my, one of my boys, but... Um, We'll see next week. I might be away next week. So anyways, let's move on. Let's move on to this word. So I think I'm a good father. I really do. But, but God, he's a great father. I mean, here he is. No matter where we go, no matter what we think, no matter what, what, what we're doing, there is God. No matter what we say, God's listening. See, see, I, I'm a good father, I think. And I'm not perfect, but I'm a pretty good father. And... And I don't know about you, but when sometimes when somebody talks to you or when your children talk to you, your mind could be elsewhere. Is it just me? Or come on, somebody help me out here, man. Give me some feedback. You're like, I'm not the only one that kind of just goes off on a tangent somewhere and just thinks about something else while your own precious child is talking to you. And I remember one time my daughter talking to me and I hear her talking, but I'm, I'm kind of busy, and I'm like, okay, okay, and I, I didn't really hear what she said. God hears all the time. There's nothing that slips by God. To a point now, please, brothers and sisters, don't think that I'm weird or I'm OCD. Maybe I'm a little, I don't know, or don't think that I think of death a lot. I, I really don't. Um, but I'm going to tell you something, so don't judge me on this. When I tell you this, please, you're going to think I'm a little weird. But I got to a point in my life, when I read scriptures like this, that when my children talk to me, and I'm off in that zone of I'm not really listening because I'm either too busy or I got a lot of stress in my life or something's going on in my life or I'm downstairs and they're upstairs and I'm just saying, yeah, okay, and I'm acting like I hear them. I got to a point in my life where I stop what I do, I'm doing, I put down my phone per se, or whatever's going on in my mind, and I really just listen to them. Now, now you're gonna think this is weird, and you're gonna think that's kind of weird, but I don't know, this is just why I do it. Because brothers and sisters, I don't know when my time is up. Right. I, I really don't. I mean, I pray that I'm gonna live a long life, and I pray that my family's gonna live a long life, all serving Christ, but, but I don't. And, and, on the day of my death, I don't want to say I missed the last words of what my daughter was telling me. I don't even care if it was, hey, dad, can you just grab some toilet paper? Like, even something so simple. I just want to know that I, that I heard her. And this is the heart of God. He just wants to hear us continually. You see, because my heart is for my children. And when I realize what the heart of the father is, he makes us have a heart of him so that we could become more like him. 
with all our imperfections. I mean, we have human flaws. Who are we kidding? But man, do I want to hear what my children say. And this is God, the heart of God. And it's not just because God is omniscient, because he knows all. Yeah, he knows all and he sees all. But it's because he cares. It's because his heart is after us. And David understood this. This is why I think like when he says such knowledge is too wonderful for me and too great for me to understand. I know, God, that you know all and see all. But what I maybe I don't understand, God, is that you actually care for me. You, God, the one who is holy, that is set apart above all. But yet you really care about little old me. You really care about me. You, God, set apart, but you think and want to know everything I do. Come on, somebody, tell me that the heart of the Father is not for us. It's all about us. It's all for us. In fact, the heart of the Father is, is in 2 Timothy 1.9 where it says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. This is the heart. This is the desire. This is the will of God, somebody, to live a holy, blameless, pure, innocent life. And it goes on and it says this. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time. We didn't deserve it. But his heart was for us to save us. His heart was for us to make us holy. His heart here is for us that we are holy for all those who call on the name of the Lord. So I want to tell you something. This is the grace of God. This is the grace of Jesus. It finishes up and it says, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus, through Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one. Listen, brothers and sisters, we are holy right now. You are holy. God sees you perfect and holy. You are a saint. So this should be an eye-opener and something to, to, hope, to transition our hearts into something of hope and joy and passion and excitement. Because we are holy now and because we are to walk in his holiness and walk in, in purity and walk in, in, in his ways as being holy now, I want to tell you something. Don't let fear or what people say about you hold you down because I am holy. That's what you need to say. I'm a saint. I'm pure. Listen, the things that you've done in the past, the things that you've done before, God is now proclaiming that you are holy and you are pure. And it's time to move forward into the heart of the Father in who he called you to be with passion and excitement and joy because this is why God has died for you, to make you holy and pure. This is the heart of God. This is the heart of Jesus. Jesus is grace tangible in this world. And now we have the spirit of God within us who, that we are holy and blameless. So I'm not going to let fear of man get the better of me anymore. I'm not going to let the things of my past mistakes hold me down anymore because I am pure and holy. You catching what I'm throwing at you, brothers and sisters? It's time to say, let the condemnation, the shame, the guilt go because I'm pure, I'm holy, and I'm a saint. And now, brothers and sisters, let us walk into who we really are, a saint. Because that's who we are. And don't let anybody tell you anything different. 
Don't let someone or your flesh or the enemy tell you something different because this is who we are. And God has this set from the beginning of time. He knew this from the beginning of time. Why? Because his heart was honest even before he created us. Can you imagine that? Even before he made and created us, he knew what was going to happen. But yet he made and created us into his image and likeness. And then to top it off, he knew what we were going to do. That Adam and Eve was going to fall and he had it planned. Okay, my heart is still after them, so I'm coming up with a plan because my heart is after these people because I adore and love them and I think of them 24-7 and I can't get them out of my mind. They're, they're constantly on my heart. They're constantly on my mind and I'm going to save them. I'm going to bring them to make them holy in the way that I truly created them to be. And he had this set from the beginning. In fact, in Ephesians 3.9, Paul says it. Paul brings this up in the Ephesians. Ephesians 3, 9 to 11, if you're taking notes. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning of time. So Paul now is saying, I'm called to reveal this mysterious plan. I like that word mysterious. It like really intrigues me and draws me. And I think of like somebody who's mysterious is like just the coolest person, right? Like, like you just got to be cool to be mysterious. And God was mysterious in the beginning of time. He had this plan, but he was silenced. And Paul goes on and says this, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So let's just go with this mysterious plan that he had. Now, now, just humor me for a minute, because I look at that, and I'm like, so wait a second. God had this mysterious plan that the angels and the unseen rulers of the, of the heavenly realm didn't know. And I'm wondering if the angels were like, he's so mysterious. Like, Jesus, or God, you're mysterious. I don't, what do you got planned up there? You're so silent. I don't know why I'm talking like a high school girl that's 14 in California. <laughs> that's just my impression when I do stuff like that. I do lots of impressions. It might offend some of you, but it's funny. Um, no, I'm kidding. I don't do lots of impressions. Jen stops me. Um, <laughs> but, but I'm picturing the angels. Like, he's so mysterious. And, and, and God was mysterious at this time. Where the angels just had to know God, that God's got something planned. Because we know that God is for his people. That God has a heart after his people. Even though he's mysterious, we got to understand something. God is for them. And he's not going to let something slip by. Because this is who God is. And God's purpose in this was to use us. The church. Us. The church. To, to display God's wisdom. In its rich variety. This word variety in the King James Version is manifold. And manifold, there's so many different manifolds out there. Now, I'm not a mechanic or an engineer or an expert on manifolds. But I knew a little something. I do know a little bit something about some manifolds. Um, 
I talked to some friends who are into all this stuff, and let's just look at a car manifold, for example. You have a manifold, and there could be eight cylinders, and what goes in these cylinders would be, would be gas and air, and it goes into these cylinders, and it meets in the middle somewhere, and even in this manifold, there's some rough edges in there for that when the gas and the air all combine and mix up. It's going through some trials and tribulations, but it goes through, as it goes through the trials and tribulations, it's building stronger and stronger, and then it has power and energy and it boosts the car as it goes out into different eight cylinders. So, so God is saying in all of his variety, we are the church that get to display his wisdom as we come together and as we go through trials, as we pray together. Come on, somebody. We, the church, get to display his wisdom. This is the heart of God, us to do a mighty work that he's created in us such a long time ago, somebody. That should get us exciting like that we understand that we have a purpose. That the heart of God gives us a purpose. That he's not mysterious anymore. That he's revealed this plan through who? Through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Woo! This is our God. God's eternal purpose is centered in the church. Paul is revealing the heart of the Father, and the heart of the Father is a relationship. I, I don't do points usually too often, but let's just do that point number one. The heart of the Father is for us to have a relationship with Him. That He's now revealed Himself to us through Jesus, that he's now speaking through us from through Jesus, that now we have a relationship with Jesus. He's not holding back and he's not being silent. Do we understand everything? No, we now seek, search, uh, seek and search and read and follow and pray and come together and learn the things of the Lord. Why? Because we have a relationship and God has revealed it to us. This word mysterious, it really intrigues me. Now, now, humor me for just one minute. I'm going to go somewhere with this, I hope. I hope I go somewhere with this. So please laugh because um, I hope it's funny. Um, <laughs> this word mysterious, it, it, it really intrigues me because all my life, I tried to be mysterious. Like I told you before, I think like this word mysterious is somewhat cool. Like if God was mysterious at that time, I, I, think, I just feel like he was just cool. You know, like sometimes that silent type person is just cool. Like what are they thinking? What, what are they doing? And that's the way I think about being mysterious. Like, like let me give you an example. When I first met Jen, now my personal self before I met Jen and if I saw a girl that I really liked, I would be that person that would just like, just spill everything, like just vomit everything about what I think about this girl. Not cool, not mysterious. I'd be like, you're so beautiful, your hair is so this, I, I love you, I love you, I love you, marry me. That's why I thought you'd just tell everything, right? So no, be mysterious. My dad taught me, be mysterious. I'm going somewhere with this, I hope, I promise. Um, <laughs> I see my wife, Jen. I'm like, okay, Michael, be mysterious. She's beautiful. I think I'm already in love with her. I'm a romantic by heart. And, um, and, and, and um, I just think she's just, her smile just radiates the room. So I see him like, play it cool. So I want to be cool and I want to be mysterious, but I want to be mysterious, but I don't want to be a jerk either, right? You got to like find that balance. So I'm like, so hey, what's up? 
And I just want to tell her, like, hi, I'm Michael. Out. Can, will you marry me? You're so beautiful. I love you. I think your hair is just wonderful. I love the way you smile. I love the way you talk. Mm, you smell so good. All that stuff. Right? Just everything. You want to go out on a date, third date, let's get married. What do you think? Huh? Huh? How about that? And, and, and I'm like, let's be mysterious. So I see her. I'm talking to her. And I'm like, you know, just you know, use a little bit of a charm, give her a little bit of a compliment, but not too much, keep her guessing a little bit. And this is how I kind of picture what God was doing with the angels, right? Like, God, you're so mysterious. And, 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 and after the next day or the week, I'd ask her on a date, wouldn't give her too many details about this date. Just said, I'm picking up at seven, I'll be there. And then walk away. And I'm picturing this, this is how weird I am. I'm picturing this, that this is working. And she's obviously right now talking to her friends. And her friends are like, who was that guy? And she's like, his name's Michael, but he's so mysterious. I don't know anything about him, but I, but, but I think I'm falling in love. He's so mysterious. I just want to get to know him even more. And, and Jen does not talk like that. I'm probably going to get it when I get back home. And, and and, and I'm just thinking like, yes, this mysterious stuff is working. It keeps you intrigued. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. How many of you love mystery movies? How many of you, yeah, how many of you are at the grocery store when you, you read Us magazine and you say so-and-so is dating this person and it's in a shadow, who's this mysterious person? And you're like, who is this mysterious person? I need to know. I need to know. This is what I was trying to do with Jen. I need to know how mysterious he is. Like, he's so mysterious. What, what is up with him? I have no idea who he is. So I'm just, just dragging, getting her clutched into my, into my love circle, right? And, and, and it worked. I'm married to her now. Now, if you ask her, is that how it happened? Probably not. But next week, you'll forget about this message, and we'll move on, and you'll forget to ask her. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. As cool as it was that I was mysterious in that moment, it's not so cool being mysterious in a relationship. Because now she wants to hear everything that I think of her. I could continually every day say, Jen, I love you. You are beautiful. Your smile radiates the room. I can't, let's go do this tomorrow. Let's go do this. Every moment that you breathe, it takes just a little bit of a life away from me. So stop breathing so fast. You know what I'm saying? I just made that up. That's a good pickup line for all you young boys out there. All right. So, <laughs> but, but, but now that we're in a relationship, God is revealing himself to us. And this is what a relationship is. It's not so mysterious. But don't mistake a relationship being dry and there's no passion because there's no mystery. Let the relationship and the words and the speaking and opening up be the passion and be the excitement. See, because too many times we'll pick up that magazine that says, who's the mysterious guy that she's dating? And when we look at it and we're like, oh, that's the guy, then we throw it away. What I'm trying to say, brothers and sisters, don't take Jesus for granted. Don't throw what Jesus has done for us, the heart of the Father has done for us to have a relationship with us and throw that relationship away by not thinking that God is not speaking to you, by not opening up your voice and just giving it all to God. Because listen, God knows anyway. 
and he knows, as David said, it's, it, it amazes me, David said, you know anyway because you care about me. So don't, do not, and don't forget to tell people in, that you are in a relationship that you care about them, that you're with them, that you're going to say things to them to encourage them, to spur them on. We don't have to be mysterious anymore. And we're not going to understand everything. I'll tell you one thing, maybe you could be spontaneous because God's very spontaneous. One minute you're walking this way and snapped his fingers and God, are you calling me to do, over, do this all of a sudden? Spontaneous is way better than mysterious. Come on, somebody. Spontaneous is fun. Spontaneous gets our heart pumping. Spontaneous has a little bit of mystery in it, but you're being spontaneous in this moment to do something exciting. Spontaneous is being part of a relationship. So let our relationship with God be exposed. I mean, pretty much we are going to the bathroom with it open with God anyway, so we might as well just tell him everything. He knows everything. And just speak to him. He's not going to turn you away, because here's the beautiful thing. As God is set apart and he knows everything about you, can you imagine this? In this relationship, he knows everything about you. He doesn't throw us away. He doesn't say, old news, know that. Next, not like our human hearts, not like us. Read the word. I now know it. I got the knowledge of it. What's next, God? I want more knowledge. Well, why don't we start acting and living out on that knowledge and that wisdom? I'm talking to myself right here. Because I could be so hungry for knowledge, for the word of God. God, I want to understand more. But am I walking in the ways of the Lord in a relationship with God. You catching what I'm throwing at you today? Come on, God is chasing and pursuing us. And he wants you to know all about him. So don't hide and throw God away because here's the thing. God chased and pursued Adam when they ate the forbidden fruit. He's not going anywhere, God. God is continually chasing us continually following us, continually speaking to us. So when you're down and out, I want you to know just turn to God because he's right there with his arms wide open and he's continually chasing you. If any of you online or any of you have just come here today and you're just falling short of continuing your journey with Christ, God is here saying, I have a relationship with you and I'm here and I'm going to continue to follow you. I'm not leaving this relationship. So come and turn to me. David continues and he says this in Psalms 139 when you go down a little bit more. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. Listen, it's not that God is the needy one. It's that we are the ones who need a savior. Mm, that's some good stuff right there. Because God is not needy. God is not a stalker. God is the one that knows that you need him, that we need him. And if, everybody, if anybody ever says that Christians are weak because they have to rely on a God, guess what? We all do. We all do need to rely on Jesus. If we want eternal life, if we want life here, if we really want to understand what passion and excitement is, it is having a relationship with Jesus. 
This is the heart of the Father. Come on, you catching something, brothers and sisters? Point number two. The heart of the Father is for our character. Our character. Hebrews 1.3, it says this. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very image of God. So the Son, Jesus, radiates, shines, brings forth the image of the Lord. When you look up this word image, it's character. That Jesus, when you look to Jesus, you will see the character of the Father God. When you look to Jesus, you'll see the image, the character of God. This is who Jesus is. And we now abide in Jesus as we walk, becoming more like Christ. So our character, our image and likeness is like God's. This is the heart of God that our character becomes like him. You know, just like an actor when he has to play a role or she has to play a role and she gets into character, she has to learn about this type of character. And this type of character could be evil, funny, good, kind, whatever, angry, bitter, whatever type of character. And they become this character. We become this character like Jesus. And we live it. It's not acting. We allow the heart of God to transform and change us as we are people after God's own heart. This is why David was a man after God's own heart because he strived to become like the image of God. And God is not looking for great outside things that we achieve and we accomplish. These are good and these are great and these are fun. And man, some of these things bring joy to my soul when I accomplish or when I achieve or when I, when I um, move forward in life. It's great and it's fun, but is it working on my character. A great preacher once said this. He described character as this, the excellence of moral beings. As the excellence of gold is its purity and the excellence of art is its beauty, so the excellence of man is his character. As beauty is to art, that's the excellence of art, its beauty. As purity is to gold, that's the excellence of gold, how it's pure. The excellence of man in this moral being, walking with integrity, the excellence of man is our character. Not what we really achieve out in here. Because you could have everything, but what does your character look like? What is your character? Character is our disposition. Character is what we think. Character is our thoughts, our intentions, our desires, and our actions. See, brothers and sisters, when we go through something in life, whether it's high or whether it's low, it should always change our character to become in line with Jesus. See, when you go through something hard or some trials or when you go through some fights, when you go through something that is not great, it better change your character. It better not keep you the same way. It better not keep you prideful or think that you were in the right the whole time. It needs to change our character because God is so caring about our character because he wants our character become like him so whatever you're going through let it and see and reflect i don't like what i went through i love what i went through but don't let ego or pride or bitterness or jealousy or resentment build up in your character but become more like the character of god and see how you can become more like the character of god in whatever you're going through this is why God chose David, a man after God's own heart. Because David wanted to grow in his character. Was David perfect? Man, some of the things he did, as a kid I was always questioning, God, really? 
this is who you pick? And now I'm like, God, thank you, because I might just be like him, right? Like, like we're, we're, we're fallible. We're, 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 we make mistakes. Like, we, we, we're not perfect. And this is what it says when Samuel was picking King David. He was picking King David because there was a king named Saul who was not a man of character. He was more focused on people-pleasing. He was more focused on the outside things. He was more focused on what he could achieve or what, what people, how people could look at him. And he was never focusing on the growth of his character. Now, David, it goes on and says this. Samuel now goes there and all of David's brothers come up and it says this. But the Lord said to Samuel, as all of David's brothers have been coming up, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. David, a man after God's heart. Now, now here's the thing about character. Track record. Was David perfect? No. Did he make mistakes? Yes. But what was his track record like? When he messed up or when he, when he grew, he continued on his character. He continued on seeking and learning and searching and becoming more of a man after God's own heart. The heart of the Father is for us to grow in character. Saul had some good points about him. I mean, he was a man of character once in a while. In fact, one time the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, but his track record it didn't line up with the character of God. See, see, we are holy and we are pure and we are blameless, but we are continually walking in this sanctification, continually growing in our character. So make sure the older we get that your character is changing and growing more like Jesus because what's the point if we do everything and we say in the name of Jesus, but our character is still like a 10-year-old boy? Come on, man. Like, like, I'm not, and this is not bashing you. This is me talking to myself every day. Am I growing in my character as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, as a man created in the image and likeness of God? Am I growing in be, to become more in the image, in the likeness, in the character of you, Lord God? And I love it because, listen, we can get beautiful things. We can achieve wonderful things. In fact, after he picks David, because he's a man after his own heart, I'm going to show you how, how it's okay to be rich, how it's okay to be wealthy, how it's okay to have nice things. The Bible even mentions David is good looking. He does. But it's okay, because that's not the focus. See, the focus here was to be good looking. The focus is to be rich. The focus is to gain wealth. The focus is to be on top. Nothing wrong with that, but who's the center? The center is Jesus Christ. Christ came for us to do what he's called us to do, to reveal his wisdom in all its variety as we build a relationship with him. And through this relationship, we grow in character. So as we grow in character, it's okay if you're considered good looking in this world. In fact, I don't think anybody's ugly. You could fight me on that all you want. But it's okay to be smart. It's okay to pursue. As long as that's not the focus, as long as your character is becoming more like Jesus. That's, that's the bottom line right there. This is what God is looking for. 
So don't feel guilty that you're achieving. Don't feel guilty that, that you, you like fashion. Don't feel guilty that you like whatever you like. You like it, you like it, but, but make sure your character is more like Jesus. You catching what I'm throwing at you, brothers and sisters? Yes. Catching that? Now, I had two more things, two more points that I want to talk about as we have a relationship with God and it's through a relationship we reveal God exposes himself, reveals himself to us more as we reveal ourselves to God and as we understand what this relationship is, it builds character. I had two more points, but due to time's sake, we're gonna leave them. I'm gonna keep it a mystery, so mysterious. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what they are, but we're not gonna get into Bible verses. So as we have a relationship with God, as we have a relationship, this is the heart of the Father to have a relationship with us. As we can see, he's continually just chasing us, pursuing us, following us, thinking about us, wanting, knowing all about us because he cares, because this is his heart, and he wants to build our character. Now we can function in this world. Now we understand that we have the authority. We have the power of Jesus. That we function as a Christian. That we function as someone who is holy and pure. That we can now function in the name of the Lord. How wonderful he is that he cares about us. That we will function in the ways of God. Because our character is becoming more like God. And as we function in the ways of God, we now can reproduce we can now produce we can now grow we not only this is not just for having children but we produce in our life we grow and reveal Jesus all to the world to know who he really is we reproduce we grow we 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 are fruitful we multiply and listen hear me I'm not talking about having kids that's a part of life but it's more about becoming a Christian and revealing Jesus as we reproduce, as we function in society, knowing that this world is temporal, but we have something even better, but we will be a man and woman of character as we're here right now, waiting for God himself to live with us forever as we have a relationship with him. You catching that, brothers and sisters? So we will continue to press on and have a relationship and work on our character so that we will function in the ways of God and reproduce in how we're supposed to work and produce in this life here, today, now. For God is with us and he's never going to stop chasing you down. He knows every thought. So let us in line with Jesus today, brothers and sisters, and know that the heart of the Father is for you. Amen? Did you get something out of it? All right, we got announcements here. Can you hear me now? There we go. Sorry, I talked too fast, right? Uh, that was really good. Actually, do you know that David actually prayed a prayer and he said, God, keep me as the apple of your eye. And do you know when it talks about being the apple of somebody's eye, it's talking about being so close to somebody that as you get closer, you can see your reflection in their eye. And so as we get closer to God, we can be that reflection of who he is. And so I want you guys to keep that as your prayer today is, Lord, keep me as the apple of your eye. So I just have a couple announcements here. Number one, you guys know we have our lighthouse prayer on Monday nights. We've changed the time now. It starts at 6.30 and of 710. 
So uh, we're online on YouTube and Facebook. If you guys are part of a lighthouse, that's wonderful. We're really trying to get people plugged into lighthouses. If you are not part of a lighthouse yet and you would like to be, uh, we've got some information. We've got some cards. The ushers have some. Um, and Or you can come talk to one of us as well. Also, the other thing I want to mention is that we have youth group. And um, on the... Um, carts out there we have the youth summer schedule this is available for kids in in grades 6 to 12 right and so for the summer we have them joining together uh, we got some fun things planned if you guys have kids grandkids nieces nephews uh, neighbors whoever it is just bring them out encourage them um, they've just really been having a good time last week they this past Friday they had um, an outdoor movie night they had a lot of fun this coming week, they are having a pool party, I believe. So, uh, so yeah, it's a good time for all. Why don't you guys all stand to your feet with me? We're just going to pray, um, and, uh, and then we'll dismiss you guys. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for who you are. I thank you, God, that as we come to know who you are, and, and as we come to know the heart of the Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are transforming us from the inside out. I thank you, Lord, that you accept us for who we are, even if we've messed up a hundred times over, God. I thank you that there is still forgiveness in you this day. So I ask as we go out about our week this week, I thank you that you are our strong pillar, our strong, uh, the strong name that we run into, Father, and I thank you that we can walk in your safety in Jesus' name. We just bless all of the fathers and all of the men of our uh, house today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you guys at the lighthouse. Hello. Welcome to After Time. <laughs> I thought it was being a stinker. I was not. You were sitting there until now. I was talking with my good friends. Your good French? <laughs> My good friend Shane. <laughs> My good friend Shane. It's one word. Um, We're Frenching. Welcome to the After Nine Show, kids. Hello, I'm Nathan. This is Sarah. I'm Sarah. We're here to party. We're here to have a good time. So basically what we want to try to do, the After Nine Show, is kind of fill the gap for the ones watching online that maybe you're not here to have some social time with people so we're yeah. you're gonna have to social time with us <laughs> you're stuck. You, you don't have the <laughs> choice of what, you don't have the choice of what friends you can make yeah so if you're not really crazy about that you can log off and uh, <laughs> i'm just kidding stick around it's good times we have pastor howie joining us in a second mm -hmm. but um okay you know what i was thinking about for character development you know how they were talking about um uh, that when you have the grace of God in your life that you grow and you develop and character blah 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 yep. so I, I enjoy this one show and it's a very different style of show but at the beginning the character is a little pansy baby boy <laughs> and then as he grows into like it's like Midoriya manhood yeah. yeah he becomes like this like Ugh. so but when he first starts he cries all the time and then as the series goes on, he just gets more and more like, more, but more of a man. <laughs> I feel like as I was talking about character development, I was thinking that way. And I was thinking, we level up. We level up. You're leveling up to be daddy. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like level five now. <laughs> level five daddy mode. So, oh, yeah. So I just think that, you know, as Christians, we're always growing, always developing yeah. new pieces of who we are, new, new uh, powers. And, nice. What level do you think it goes to? Like 10? I need it for the transition. I'm thinking like tw maybe 12. Level 12? Yeah. Well, speaking like of two, heart, two rows of six hearts. All right. Well, yeah. speaking of men who are at level 11, almost 12, come on in, Pastor Howie. The microphone's over there. Oh. Sorry. 
You want middle? Or do you want Pastor Howie to have middle? Pastor Howie can have the middle. Pastor Howie gets middle. Hey! <laughs> Don't hold the mic down here. Hold it up here. That's, you know it. You, <laughs> Unless you it's want not to your first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hi. Good Happy morning. Happy Father's Day. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. What did you think about today? What were your, any thoughts? Any profound things about fathers? Well, actually, I listened to what he said. He yeah. said two words over and over. Character, reputation, and stuff. Uh, let me just say this. People will know your reputation, but God knows your character. Yes. And there's a big difference between that, between character and reputation. Is what people know or think of you, reputation, as far as what God knows about you. <clears throat> when I was a policeman, I had a certain reputation and I had a certain character about me. But then once I retired, this guy who was strung out on drugs, I met up with him and he said, I know you can beat me. <laughs> so I'm not going to give you any trouble. I'm thinking to myself, what you knew about me, that was 30 some years ago. <laughs> I'm not the same guy anymore. But I'm glad I had this sort of reputation that he wouldn't yeah. come against me. Yeah. But my character was far beyond that. And then he used the scripture, Hebrews 13. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin and every weight and the sin which thus so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When Jesus went back to heaven after his death, burial, and resurrection, he took something there that had never been in heaven before that was a redeemed man. And he redeemed us, and now we can walk in his favor and live in his comfort because of his character that was passed down to us. Wow. The best. That's good. I guess see, <laughs> see you guys later. <laughs> um, something that stood out to me today, and it, it's been great because I've been told this my whole life from Pastor Rick, is don't let your, don't pray for a gifting. What's he say? Don't ask for a gifting where your character won't sustain you. Something along those lines. That's right. That's right. And when, um, we got to scoot over this way here. Oh, this way? When Pastor Michael was talking about how, you know, God sees everything, the heart of the Father. It's like, he used the analogy, it's like going to the bathroom with your door wide open. God knows mm -hmm. we shouldn't hide from him. And there's this quote that I love. It says, your destiny is formed in the moments where nobody's watching. Because Correct. it's easy to act to put on a fake character at church, you know, yeah. the reputation, like, oh, look at me, holier than thou. Right. But what are you guys doing when the doors close, when nobody's watching? And then the news was, God's watching. God knows. Right. He sees your character. So that's something that really stood out to me uh, in this message. Amen. Well, you, and you never make a decision. I say this often. 
you never make a permanent decision in a temporary place. Where you are now, don't think that's where you're going to stay. Because when God looks at you, he doesn't see you where you are. He sees you where you should be. And when he speaks to you, even though you're empty, he'll speak to you as if you're full. So don't worry about it. He's got your back. Your character was developed, like you said, when others couldn't see. The negative on a, uh, a picture or a whatever you call them things. Years ago, you take a picture, you take it to the drugstore, they'd put it in this dark room, and they would develop the picture. See, that picture was developed in a dark room. Your character is developed in a dark room when nobody else can see. Mm -hmm. So, nice. anyway, I got preach. No more preaching. I like that. I like how um, when Pastor Sherry touched on failure during mm -hmm. prayer, that that was really good too, because I think that's one of the key parts about character too. Because I don't think, like you're saying. Uh, development of character isn't done when we're consistently succeeding and when we're making every right decision and we're, you know, getting gold stars in every area of our life. I think that the time, well, for me anyway, uh, the time where I grow the most is when I make mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's when I drop the ball, you know, when I uh, l learn conflict a little better or, or uh, you know, I, I think I grow in character development, like you said, Pastor Howie, in a dark room, in, in the secret moments, right? And so I just want to encourage you guys today, if, if what Pastor Sherry said this morning, or if you didn't watch the prayer time, go back and watch what Pastor Sherry said about failure, because I think it's really going to speak to you in, in your life and the development of the season that you're in, because we all fail, we all fall short, but that's what God's grace is there for us, right? Because Pastor Howie said, he doesn't speak to you as if you're empty, he speaks to you as if you're full. So believe that he's going to continue to sustain you and to fill you up in every season of your life, whether you're uh, developed to a nice, beautiful level 12 uh, man as we have before you, or, level or if five. you're me, like a solid three. <laughs> Uh, five. Uh, you can go five. Level five, yeah. Me. A solid ten. A ten. And you, and, you know, and you always have to think of yourself as that. Yeah. You know why? Very simple. If you ask me for a million dollars today, I'd have to sell everything I have in order to get that for you. Because I don't have it. Yeah. So I cannot give you a ten if I only think I'm a five. So you have to be at least a 10. But I want to be more. I want to be more than oh, I am. Oh, I want to be more than I am. You are more than So what I'm you hoping are. that, you know, 40 years from now, I'll be way better. That, like, I'm not done. Okay. That's right. So I'm not trying to downplay myself. No, I'm I I'm just trying to say that. I'm not done. I know. And neither I got a lot I. of things to work on. So do I. <laughs> So do I, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm middle-aged now. You're done. You're good. No, no, baby. You're I'm middle-aged. I'm middle-aged <laughs> No, now. he's perfect. Yeah. And at middle age, you're still striving for whatever it is that's out there. But I really appreciated the message today. Character, reputation, where God is, where we are. Can you imagine that? A God that's omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. A God that knows everything yeah. a god that sees everything and a god that's all over and he cares for us yeah. man i know Whew, it is powerful so you know what when i walk into a room i'm not concerned because i'm not worried about what other people think i know who's got my back that's right yeah 
What's that thing you used to say? My well, whole body is a weapon. You know that? You know that? Like you had like a spiel well, that would like pump yeah. you up in the morning. Well, you, that's when I was. I thought I was somebody, but I could kill a brick, yeah. cripple a stick, yes. and put an iron bar in a hospital. I was a mass of destruction. My whole body was a weapon. That's what I used to say, but now I know who really was the mass of destruction, and I'm glad I serve him now. You're the best. Yeah. And just the themes of fatherhood and, you know, we're, we're so fortunate to have been raised up in that generational church yeah. and, and understanding uh, the heart of the father. And just, I just want to say thank you to you, Pastor Howie, you know, yeah. Pastor Luke, Pastor Rick, Pastor Dave, because you guys have always taught us, you guys have always steered us in the right direction. And you you've done such a wonderful job of setting up a legacy yeah mm -hmm. doing sending us we're doing things that you could dream of and if we do our jobs we will dream of things only our kids can be able to accomplish right, right. and just keep furthering uh, the Word of God so I just want to say thank you and happy Father's Day well yeah. thank you very much and I appreciate you because if we give the very best and never see the results we failed yeah. but you said something about failure if you learn from your failure, then it's not a failure. It's just a learning tool. Mm -hmm. cool. So I really appreciate you guys and speaking into our lives too, because that means a lot. It really does. We love you guys. We love you too. Well, something that my dad used to say to me was that, it, that his uh, vision for life was that his floor, the floor of his ministry, wait, no, the ceiling of his ministry would be the Your floor of our ministry. Correct. And I really believe that even for myself, for Nathan, this last year and a half, I think we really have grown in a lot of other areas because we've had uh, some pillars of faith as our uh, direct authority and leadership. And it's I think it's such a cool opportunity for us in this in this age that we're at to be able to have people like you, like Nathan said, uh, to, to establish our floor off of, right? Because as far as you guys have taken it, then we're going to take it even further. So, well, let we me tell you this. You yes, neither could I, because I'm standing on the shoulders of those that were before me. That's right. So it's just something that just can, it's a perpetual motion that just keeps going. Yeah. So I love carry it. on. Well, let's. Let's do this thing. This is going to be great. <laughs> All right. I, I love it. It's not the, here's my big shoes, try and fill them. It's, yeah. These shoes are big, but you can fill them and you can make them bigger. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. It's so yeah, good. After I told my grandson one time, he come, he said, Papa, you got a pair of shoes I can wear to my prom? I said, boy, let me tell you something. <laughs> you can walk in my tracks, but you'll never fill my shoes. Yeah. Because God has your shoes that he wants you to fill. So that's it. So Fill your own you shoes. didn't want to share your shoes. No, baby. I, I probably gave them to him. But the, the, the thing is, you can walk in them. You can't fill them that's because right. God has tracks and shoes for you to fill. That's, that's right. That's awesome. All right. All right. Cool, guys. Well, right. let's wrap it up. We have tomorrow is Monday, which means we have the lighthouse tomorrow. Ooh. And it's at 630 now, not 710. So we'll be seeing you on YouTube or Facebook at seven or at 630. And if you are looking to get involved in being part of a lighthouse, let us know. We can get you connected to someone that might be right around the corner from you. You never know. You never um, know. And then we've got a pool party for youth this Friday. So if you need more information, let me know. And other than that, happy Father's Day, you. Thank you. Happy Father's Day, you. you. Thank you. Have Thank the you. best day. Happy Father's Day, you. And we will see you tomorrow at the Lighthouse. For now, I'm Sarah. We have Pastor Howie Mulder and my boy over there, Nathan Workman. We will see you tomorrow at the Lighthouse. Bye.